Archbishop Fulton Sheen said, we should only have one fear, and that is fear of losing divine love. And this is true. This is based from what Jesus said and preached. In the New Testament, Jesus told us not to be afraid of those who could kill the body, because that's all they could do. Rather, in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, be afraid of him who could destroy both body and soul. We should all want to go to heaven. Moreover, we should all desire to see our loved ones in heaven. So what can we do? Today, I'm with Father Pio Edowu of the Marian Franciscans. I'm Ted Patulan, and this is the Cause of Our Joy podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cause of Our Joy podcast. First of all, I want to apologize if there's going to be some slowing down in our monthly episodes. It's only because I've just started my diaconate formation. And as you all know, I'm a family man and I'm a full-time nurse. And I'm also doing my theology course. So things could get really busy for me. I need your prayers. Please pray for me and be assured that I'm praying for you. And tonight we have a returning guest, um, one of the Martin Franciscans, Father Pio Idowu, and we will be talking about death, purgatory, and resurrection. Hello, Father Pio. How are Hello, you? Hello, Ted. It's nice. It's a blessing to have you back here, Father. And you know what? I'm just actually surprised because I didn't realize that you have a house there in Dundee. So it's actually a move from Portsmouth to, to, to Scotland, it's like coast to coast. Okay. Yes. From the south to the north. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are you finding it so far, Father? It's it's very nice. It's all it's been the weather has been a mixture of sunny and rainy, but it's mostly sunny here. And there is a good community of faithful here as well. Yes, yes. yes. Have you been there before, Father? Oh, it's our first time coming here. Oh, oh, okay. So and then which parish are you in, Father? Church? Um so we are within a parish called St. Peter and St. Paul. Oh. But we are sort of um, independent, autonomous. So we serve the Latin Mass faithful. They come to mm-hmm. us for Mass. Yes. And uh, yes, so there is not much of that connection, if I'll say, with the parish. But that's our parish. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, co- we collaborate with them whenever there is a need for cover. But mostly we offer pastoral care to this Latin Mass faithful who come to us. Actually, the name of my parish parish church is St. Peter and Paul too. But you're mm-hmm. only, yeah, so, so like I said to you earlier, I'm hoping to one of these days visit you because you're a bit closer to me now. Um, I, I'm actually about possibly an hour and a half away from the border of England and Scotland. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that far as compared to me traveling to down to Portsmouth. Yeah. So, Father, uh, shall we begin, Father? Can I ask you to uh, offer a prayer for this episode, Father? Yes, yes. So, the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, God, pray for us us sinners now now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. We offer this episode this podcast to our blessed mother asking us to asking her to guide us 
guide our words so that whatever we do, what we say, will be for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. Father, I'm just going to go straight to our topic tonight. Okay. Um, I'd like to begin by quoting the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 997. And it says, In death, there is a separation of the soul from the body. The human body decays and the soul goes to meet God while awaiting its reunion with its glorified body. God in his almighty power will definitely grant incorruptible life to our bodies by reuniting them with our souls through the power of Jesus' resurrection. Now, this is a very powerful statement, Father, rich in theology. How can we understand this better, Father? What happens to our body and our souls immediately after death? Yeah, um, immediately after death. Well, death has always been defined as the separation of body and yes. soul. And um, for us Christians, we believe that immediately after death, there is what we call what we call the particular judgment. And so the soul stands before God's throne, and then it's it's life. The you know, it's life. Um, the events of its past life, is passing judgment, and the soul receives a sentence: either it's going to heaven, or it's going to hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the majority of souls, there is always that intermediary state of purgatory. No yes. state of purification before they would then uh, before they're able to enter into heaven. Yeah. So yes, this is what happens immediately after death, and mm. it's a trying. I mean, it's a, it's it's a terrible moment, the moment of death. You know, you have yeah. that sequence, Dsire, or the day of the Lord's wrath. You know, which shall come upon us. You no, know, all of a sudden, and we need to be ready for that day. Yes, when it shall come. Now, Father, before we go, we talk about purgatory and our glorified bodies, Father. What, how does the church define heaven? Heaven? Well, heaven would be the state of the blessed. Mm. It could be a state or it could be a place. But we, our temporal view is it's a yes. destination, it's a place. Destination, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a place where the blessed, those who have died in the grace of God, no, that's where they go, and they are together with our Lord for all eternity and for all and with all the saints. There they enjoy the beatific vision. Mm-hmm. So we see God face to face. Now, if we are lucky to get to heaven, yes, we'll be able to behold God face to face. And it's it's being part of God's existence. Yeah. 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 Even though we would always still remain distinct from God, but yes, we share we participate in his existence. Yeah. Father, you know, Protestants don't believe in purgatory, and for them, it's only a matter of heaven and hell. Or why do Catholics believe in purgatory? And is this scriptural? So, first of all, I would say that um, belief in a state of purgation has always been part of Jewish um, belief, mm-hmm. you know, Jewish tradition. So, in the Old Testament, we have um, from the book of uh, the second book of Maccabeus, yes, where we hear of Judas Maccabeus, who was a leader of the Jews. You know, he goes to battle against the Edomites, and he's able to he's able to um, obtain a victory over mm. the Edomites. But then, as he 
and his soldiers are gathering the bodies of the Jews, of the fallen Jews. They discover that among some of these Jews, there were amulets, um, things to pagan idols, you know, mm -hmm. objects in honor of pagan idols. And they believe that it was because of this act of idolatry, you know, these Jews fell in battle. But then what did they do? They said, well, these Jews have committed sin. They died in sin, but yeah. all is not lost. So they gathered a collection hmm, and sent it off to the temple so that an offering, a sin offering would be offered mm. for these Jews so that their sin would be expiated. Now, they wouldn't do that mm. if they did not believe that after death, there will be some sort of um, purification, expiation for sins committed. Now, it has to be very clear yeah. that when we are saying expiation of sins, we are not talking about a second chance at salvation. Okay. Yes, because when we die, we are either saved or we are damned. Uh -huh. Those who go to purgatory are saved, only okay. that they need to pass through a period of purification. So those who die in, in the state of grace, but with a bit of venial sins on their conscience, mm -hmm. these will need to pass through purgatory for a period of purification. So... The, no, the doctrine of purgatory has its origin in a Jewish tradition, a okay. Jewish belief. No? But then in the, even in the New Testament, our Lord speaks of um, the sin that will be forgiven in the next age. Okay. No, in, the, in the Gospel of St. Matthew, no, he speaks of um, uh, anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this world or in the next. Why would our Lord say forgiving in the next? If it were not a possibility at all. Why would he even mention it? Hmm? So that phrase there, forgiving in the next, you know, shows that there is a tradition, a belief, that some sins can be forgiven, can be expiated in the next world. Also, St. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, talks about the fire that would test the quality of everyone's work. Mm -hmm. And if his work burns, he will lose his reward, but himself will be saved, yet as through fire. So salvation through fire. Now this, now this phrase is referring to the day of judgment. You're already dead. Okay. You know, your works will be weighed and you will be judged. And if you don't pass the test, yes, you'll be saved, but then you would need to go through a bit of fire in order to get to heaven. So these are texts which refer to the doctrine of purgatory. And the Catholic Church has always taught it as a dogma of faith uh -huh. that purgatory exists. It's something we have to believe as Catholics. Now, Father, you mentioned fire. Now, purgatory has purifying fire. Mm -hmm. How does the fire of purgatory differ from the fire of hell? It is the same fire. Mm -hmm. The same fire that burns the souls in hell is the same fire that burns the souls in purgatory. But there is a difference. The difference is that with the damned souls in hell, there is no hope of salvation mm -hmm. at all. While for the souls in, of the faithful departed in purgatory, this, they are suffering. This, yes. the, the, the fire is temporary. Mm -hmm. And there is that hope, that assurance, not just a hope, an assurance of seeing God face to face one day in the beatific vision. Now, there is also that joy because they are already assured of salvation. Mm -hmm. So they bear that suffering with joy. Mm 
mm. but because they know that it will soon come to an end. There is, I would like to read a quotation of um, St. Catherine of Genoa. Mm. She wrote uh, she wrote a book, a treatise on purgatory. Mm-hmm. Very nice. She said, it seems to me there is no joy comparable to that of the pure souls in purgatory, except the joy of heavenly beatitude. So the souls in purgatory, even if they burn with the same fire as, do- as that in hell, they are filled with joy. Mm. And that joy helps them to suffer that pain, or to bear that pain, you know, uh, until, until it is over. Yeah. Until the period of purification is over. Yeah. So basically in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said that, you know, the purification stage, you know, we will just have to stay in prison until we have paid the last penny. Yeah. Yeah. So Father, you know, coming from the temporal perspective, Father, should we be afraid of purgatory? No, we actually, we should even be happy Uh if we succeed in getting Mm -hmm. to purgatory. We should we should be thankful. Because we're assured of salvation. Yes, yes. We should be thankful and grateful if we make it to purgatory. Praise God. No, because uh, with the way things are in this world, no, it's easy for us to to go down the wide the wide road that leads to hell. No, but if we ever get to purgatory, no, it's um, it should be a thing of great joy and thanksgiving. No, what comes there's something that comes to mind also the story of the Jews. Of the three Jews who were condemned by the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. into the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. In the fire, they their face was full of joy because they knew that the Lord would save them. Mm-hmm. The same thing for the souls in purgatory. We shouldn't be afraid because we know that after that period of purification, we will get to heaven. Father, how can the sacrament of confession help us avoid hell and purgatory? Yes. So the thing about confession is that confession remits the temporal punishment mm-hmm. due to sin, especially due to mortal sin. So there is a dynamic about um, sin. Whenever we commit sin, we need to satisfy the injustice, repair the injustice yes. that we have done. This is logic. This is a law. If that injustice is not done, there is something lacking you know, in the divine economy. So that justice needs to be repaired. It needs to be satisfied. Mm. So going to confession helps us to make satisfaction for the punishment due to sin. And so confession removes the, the eternal punishment, yeah. hell. So when we receive absolution, uh, we won't go to hell. If we, we, if we are to die immediately after receiving absolution, mm. we will go to heaven. But there is a temporal punishment uh-huh. that still needs to be satisfied. And we need to pay for that. So it's just like an example, when somebody knocks a nail into the wall, mm. Mm, Okay, that's the sin, knocking the nail into the wall. You go to confession, and the priest gives you absolution. Mm-hmm. The nail is removed from the wall. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then the hole still remains yes. there. And that is the hole. That hole needs to be covered. And mm-hmm. that's the temporal punishment there. So we need to do penance. Mm-hmm. We need to bear patiently the, suf- the, the sufferings the Lord, the sufferings and the crosses the Lord will send to us. Mm-hmm. And in that way, we make atonement 
for our no for our sins. And if we can do this with patience, with love, yeah. with generosity, we are able to pay, hopefully, all our purgatory in this world and go straight to heaven. If at the moment of death we have not been able to satisfy for everything, then we would have to pass a bit of time in purgatory yeah. before we can get to heaven. Father, what are indulgences? Yes, indulgence, indulgences are one of the ways in which we can uh, make satisfaction for the temporal punishment due yes. to sin. So we as human beings, we will never, I mean, it's almost impossible for us to make complete satisfaction because there is that attachment to sin, that uh, inclination to what is evil, it is always in us. Concupiscence. The concupiscence, yeah. yes. So, and the church, being a mother that she is, provides us with this means to be able to then make atonement. Yeah. As perfectly as we can. So these are indulgences. If we do certain works, certain activities under some conditions, you know, the temporal punishment due to sin can be either partially or completely not removed. Mm. If it is completely removed, we call it a plenary indulgence. Okay. If it is partially removed, you no, know, then it is called a partial indulgence. Mm. There are many, there are, there are different kinds of um, acts, pious acts and activities that have plenary indulgence attached to them. Saying the stations of the cross and moving from one station to the other has a plenary indulgence attached. Mm -hmm. Praying the rosary as a group or in family or as a group in church has a plenary indulgence attached to it. Mm -hmm. We are entering the month of November. Yes. No, the first eight days, November 1 to, to, to November 8th, oh, we can gain a plenary indulgence each day by visiting the cemetery and praying for the dead. Yeah. November 2nd, we can also gain another plenary indulgence by visiting the church or a retreat, and we recite the Our Father and the Creed, of course, uh -huh. with the usual conditions, go to confession and receive Holy Communion. Mm -hmm. So that's the usual conditions, isn't it, Father? You need to go to confession, we need to receive Holy Communion, we need to pray for the intentions of the Pope. The Holy Father, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there shouldn't be that, uh, what is that, that attraction to sin. You know, um, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this. Our Lady of Fatima confirmed to Sister Lucia that, that one of her friends, Amelia, will be staying in purgatory until the end of the world. Now, all of us, we don't know how long we will all be staying in purgatory. And it could also mean that, that our loved ones who have gone before us are still in purgatory at this very moment. So, mm -hmm. and of course, unless they're declared by the church as canonized. So, Father, what can we do to the souls in purgatory? How can we help them? There are various ways we can help the souls in purgatory. First of all, Holy Mass. Uh -huh. Holy Mass is, a, is, is the most efficacious way to help the souls. Because the Mass, being the sacrifice of Jesus offered to the Father, is the greatest prayer. Mm -hmm. It contains infinite graces. And so it's a good practice to offer Mass for the soul of someone we know, maybe a relative, one of our loved ones. Yeah. But not only that, to offer Mass for the souls in general, because there are many there who are forgotten and have no one to pray for them. Mm. 
So being able to offer souls periodically, every now and then for the souls in purgatory is a spiritual work of mercy. To pray That's why we them. have the All Souls Day. Yes, All Souls Day. Yes. Yeah. Because we pray second, for the souls of those who are forgotten. Yes. Yeah. November 2nd reminds us of our obligation to pray for those who are, yeah. who, are in, who are in purgatory. And there are other ways we can pray, we can help the souls. So by our fasting, uh-huh. almsgiving, penances, they even say going on pilgrimages. Uh-huh. Yes. So we can mm. offer the merits of, of those uh, pious yes. activities to yes. the souls in purgatory. Yeah. And I believe, Father, you can also pass an indulgence to the souls in purgatory or to somebody who's passed away. Am yes. I correct? Yeah. Yes, it's possible. Yeah. Most especially these indulgences that can be obtained in November. Uh-huh. We can apply them to the souls mm-hmm. in purgatory. No, Father, I believe that um, different cultures will have different um, practices on how we pray for the dead. Um, like in my country, we there's a, like a nine-day prayer, nine-day novena, and then we again would celebrate 40 days, um, the 40th day of the death by praying. Um, is there a prescribed number of masses that we should offer to the dead? No, there are different practices uh-huh. normally um when the person passes away mm-hmm. they would say so they would, there's a requiem mass on the day of the death or the mm-hmm. day of the funeral then i think it's seven days after another requiem mass then 30 days after another requiem mass this is one normal practice that is mm-hmm. done there is also the practice of the gregorian masses okay 30 consecutive masses for this for a particular soul consecutive yes 30 consecutive masses so the priest prays uh says mass and it's linked i don't remember the story very well but there is a story connected with a saint i believe it was saint gregory probably um, uh, to whom was revealed you know a soul appeared to him and asked for these 30 masses Mm. and uh, and upon finishing the 30 masses the soul was immediately released from the mm. of purgatory. I think that's the story. I'm not really sure with my detail with the details now, but there is a story that gave origin to this practice of, mm. the, of the 30 masses. Then also you can you can offer mass on the anniversary of the death of the person. Uh-huh. Yeah, so every year. But I think a year is too it's too it's too it's too it's too long a period. Uh-huh. You could offer it even more frequently, once a month. Yes. Something like that. Yes. But then the saints tell us that even though we should, it's good to have masses said for us uh-huh. when we have passed away. Yet a mass participated in person while we are still alive is more profitable to us than many masses offered for us after we have passed away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while we are still alive, it's a great thing. It's a great joy to be at mass because we know that we gain those graces and they will help us you know, when one day we find ourselves in purgatory. Because we are, we are always reminded that at mass, there's always the union of heaven and earth, yes. which happens at mass. So of course, we could pray for them but the question is, can the souls in purgatory pray for us? This uh, this is an open question. Uh-huh. This is not. Um, it's a theological question, which is uh-huh. which is being debated. So Saint Thomas Aquinas he says no, mm-hmm. they cannot pray for us. But Saint Alphonsus de Liguori, 
Yes, he says, yes, they can pray for us. The souls in purgatory can pray for us. I have something here. There's also something St. Um, John Mary Vianney said as well. Um, he said, just a minute. Mm. There was something he said that we, we cannot imagine nor mm. the help, nor how the assistance that this, those souls in purgatory can offer up to us and give them mm. offer to us. So we should then be solicitors in asking for their help, yeah. asking for their intercession as often as we can. Now, the general, the common, the general consensus is that because the souls are in purgatory, they don't know what is happening to us. They are mm. suffering. They are in pain. Mm. But then it is possible for God to grant them, to reveal to them our needs, okay. our desires. Mm? And as a result, he will accept. They can then offer their own pains for us on our behalf. Okay. And, the, and the Lord, yes, he will then accept the sufferings and uh, grant us the grace we need. You know? So it's always dependent on God's, I mean, God's uh, power, God's omnipotence, if he wills it. Mm. If he wants the souls to know about our needs, he can reveal it to them, and then they will pray for us and uh, obtain, obtain that grace we need. Somebody may possibly say this, I'm already thinking of my own salvation. Is it my responsibility to pray for the souls in purgatory? We shouldn't be selfish. Mm. Mm. Why? Also because if we offer, if we say we pray for the souls in purgatory, and if by our prayers we succeed in releasing at least one soul mm. from purgatory, we can be we can be assured we have that certainty that we will have a powerful intercessor yeah. before God's throne. So never think that, oh, I need to pray for myself. It is an investment. And when you pray for a soul in purgatory, you are investing in your own mm-hmm. future because one day you too will stand before God's throne. And how happy you will be when you see those souls that you release from purgatory interceding on your behalf. God will take that into consideration and he will be merciful on us. And there was a saint who actually said that that the souls that we prayed for will actually meet us. Um, They were the ones who will welcome us in heaven. Anyway, Father, um, actually the beauty of Marian consecration is this, um, because Saint Louis Marie de Montfort said that when you know when we offer the merits of our prayers and our pious activities to her, um, it's basically we we pray for others and we don't pray for ourselves because um, it's Mary herself who will take care of our needs. Father, let's talk about suicide. Father, are, are the souls of those who committed suicide damned for eternity? So it's good to understand that suicide. Uh, what is the church teaching on suicide? Mm. Um, suicide has always been considered a gravely wrong action. Mm. So a mortal sin, basically. Mm. If one were to commit suicide intentionally, intentionally, one commits a mortal sin. Why? Because the life we possess is a gift from God. And the, cate- the catechism teaches us that God is the sovereign master of life. Amen. And um, we, because we are recipients of this, we, we, ha- we are not, the, we are not um, 
We have, we have no say. It doesn't belong to us. Our only obligation is to accept life gratefully mm. and preserve it for God's honor and glory and for the salvation of souls. So we are stewards. We are not owners of the life God mm. has entrusted to us. So objectively, taking our own life, if one were to take his own life, one then commits an action that is gravely wrong. Yeah. morally wrong no? and if he does this intentionally he commits he or she commits a mortal sin but then mm. even after the deed is done while there is still life it is still possible for the person to make a perfect act of contrition mm. take the example of someone who hangs himself on a tree yeah. before he gives his last breath Mm. he can still make a perfect mm. act of contrition and say, I'm sorry for what I've done. Mm. No. So there is a story of um, the, the woman who, whose husband committed suicide, jumped mm. from a bridge to, to the water, to the, to the ground below. And she was devastated because of this, because he committed suicide. Yes. And, certain, and according to the teaching of the church, well, he would go to hell because mm. it's a mortal sin. She went to, she tried to go and see St. John Mary Vianney, mm. but couldn't get to him because of the many people who were waiting to see him. And she, she got discouraged and was about to leave and go back home mm. when the saint from nowhere shouted, no, said to her, no, shouted and said to her, he's saved. Mm. She, she was like, what do you mean he's saved? He committed suicide. And, she, and he replied, Yes, he saved, and you need to pray for him. Because mm. while he was falling from the bridge to the ground below, mm. he made an act of contrition. Mm. And that saved him. Now, I'm not sure what's the story, but some have said that it's because of um, something he did you know, with his wife. During the month of May, his wife would pray before the statue uh -huh. of our Blessed Mother. Yeah. And he would join his wife, and every now and then he would place flowers before the statue of Our Lady. Mm. And that obtained for him that grace uh, to be able to make that act of contrition as he was falling. Mm. So it is never a complete um, write-off. Mm. Those who commit suicide, we can never really say they are going to hell. It's Amen. possible. It's possible that at some point, just before they die they are able to obtain God's grace. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not judges. No. We're not judges. It's only God who can judge the soul. You know, mm -hmm. Father, I have a friend who committed suicide about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I got to know him through the Catholic Charismatic Group Singles for Christ. And we both served um, through this community. And of course, nobody's perfect. And he was a sinner like you and me. But at one point in his life, I knew that he, you know, he, we were together and we both served um, our Lord Jesus Christ. Pandemic came, and of course, it made him very depressed. And we've seen a, a rise of mental health issues during the pandemic. Mm. It's worldwide. Yeah. And a few weeks after his suicide, he appeared to me in a dream, and he was asking for prayers. Okay. So, yeah. and I took it as a good sign that perhaps he's in a place where he could ask for prayers. Yes. Mm -hmm. What do you think about it, Father? I that is very very possible. That mm -hmm. is very very mm -hmm. possible. Um, 
the Lord, the Lord permits these things to happen so that we can then pray for these souls. I've also heard of a similar story. So this was a friar. This was a friar who himself said to me, he always had the devotion uh, for the holy souls. But one day, so when the month of November comes around, he mm. says his prayers for the souls. But one year he forgot about this. Mm. Thing. And he said, at night, he suddenly had this vision of someone all in flames coming towards him. Yeah. You know, coming towards him. And he was scared. But the, only, the person only just came to him and knocked on the table three times and then disappeared. Mm. You know? But then that was a reminder look, you have to pray for us. Don't forget yeah. your devotion yeah. to the Holy Souls. You have to pray for us. So, yes, God can permit the souls to appear to us human beings and ask yeah. for prayers. This is something that happens a lot. It has happened in the lives of the saints. Saint Pio of Pietro yes. received many visits from the souls yeah. many visits, many, lots of them. I think he even has a book. There is a book. No, not he. One of his spiritual children wrote about uh, the experiences of St. Pio and the souls in purgatory. Yeah. We can never underestimate the power of God's mercy. Sister Faustina, in her diary, she mentioned that Jesus would attempt to call out the soul of the dead three times. Mm. And, and, and this soul may probably not answer the first call, probably won't answer the second call, but on the third call... Jesus would say, my, my, my omnipotent mercy is active here. Happy mm. is the soul that takes advantage of this grace. Now, you mentioned omnipotence earlier, Father. And I mm. think it's very important because um, it means that um, th there's nothing impossible with Christ. There's nothing impossible with Christ. And Sister Faustina also said in her diary, and it's from diary number 1698, she said that God's mercy sometimes touches the sinner at the last moment in a wondrous and mysterious way outwardly it seems everything were lost but it is not so the soul illumined by a ray of god's powerful final grace turns to god in the last moment with such a power of love that in an instant it receives from god's forgiveness of sin and punishment and i think what sister faustina is trying to say here is that when a sinner dies we don't know what could happen Okay, and the soul faces Jesus Christ, and the soul will talk to, will will give out the judgment. The Christ will give out the judgment, of course. But if the soul turns back to God, and um, and again, we, we we will never know this because this happens outside of space and time. But if the soul turns back to God, God can, because of His mercy, can forgive the soul of the sinner. What are your yes. thoughts about this, Father? Yes. Um, there is no sin in this world that cannot be forgiven. Mm. No sin. Yes, our Lord spoke of the sin of the Holy Spirit. But I've always said, as long as one is contrite, he will always obtain mercy. Mm. There is a saying, while there is life, there is hope. Mm. So someone may be a hardened sinner all through their life. If at the moment of death, they show just a minimum of contrition. That is enough. God is so merciful. Amen. That is enough for him to grant forgiveness to that soul. So it's good. We should never give up. We should never give up. I mean, we may, we may know persons who are far away from God, who live a terrible life. 
don't say they are damned or lost forever. No, no, no. We must continue to pray for them because our prayers can obtain for them just a minimum of grace that will then, that will then save them you know, and help them get to heaven. So, so our prayers are very important. So in mercy is, is God's identity. That's who he is. That's his nature. And yes. when you said, Father, that there's no sin that won't, that's unforgivable, And when it comes to us, the only sin that won't be forgiven is if we fail to seek God's mercy. Yes. Yeah. If we are indifferent to what God is offering to all of us. Yes. Yes. Father, we've been talking about uh, purgatory, death, uh, and, you know, we've touched the topic about our Blessed Mother. Um, one of Mary's titles is, and especially in the Litany of Loreto, is Refuge of Sinners. And being a refuge of sinners is not just for us here on earth, but also for the souls in purgatory. Now, Mary is also called the Consoler of Souls. How can our Blessed Mother help the souls in purgatory? First of all, she, I mean, she has that power, that grace to be able to visit the souls in purgatory. Mm. Mm-hmm. and alleviate their sufferings. You might have heard of the Sabbatin privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it is said that um, when a soul, you know, a soul who is enrolled in the bronze capilla, yes. when they pass away, the Saturday you know, after the day of their death, Our Lady passes into purgatory and releases all those souls who were devoted to her, to her bronze capilla. You know? So she has power. Her power reaches into, into, into purgatory and she... She grants, I mean, she offers hope, offers consolation to those souls, especially those who were devoted to her mm. in this life. And basically, every grace we receive in this world, in this life, even in the afterlife, every grace always comes to us through the Blessed Virgin Mary. So even the souls in purgatory, the fact of being there, first of all, is a grace received mm. from our Blessed Mother. Whatever uh, consolation they receive, whatever relief they they receive of their pains and sufferings is always a grace that comes to them through the mediatrix of all graces. Amen. Mary is the mediatrix of all graces and she consoles them, yes, by being that means, that uh, channel of grace to the souls in purgatory. St. Faustina Kowalska confirmed this in her diary when she saw a vision of Mary going to the visiting the souls of uh, the souls in purgatory. And what does Mary do with the souls? She brings them refreshment. Mm. And because Father, like what you said earlier, the souls, the pain of the pain of the souls in purgatory is because they long for the grace of God. So they are deprived of God's grace. And there Mary comes bringing the the grace of God to them so they could be refreshed, so they could sustain the suffering in purgatory. Father, now, going back to the catechism, um, number 1001, it says that um, our souls will will be united to our glorified bodies on the last day. Father, I forgot the name of this saint, but uh, there was the saint that um, was offered by God. If you want to go back to earth and suffer on earth, or spend a day in purgatory. Because as, as we know, you can only enter heaven if you're purified, if you're worthy of it. So, and this saint chose to stay a day in purgatory because she wants to ensure that she is purified, Father. Now, 
glorified bodies, Father, is it really true? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, on the last day, our bodies will be resurrected mm-hmm. and unite, will be united to the soul. So even if your body was cremated and the ashes were distributed to the four winds, everything, mm-hmm. the components of your body will be reconstituted mm-hmm. and uh, reunited to the soul. If the soul, if the person is lucky to get to heaven, mm-hmm. that body will be a glorified body without the defects of this world. So sickness is without all of that. And um, it would be, so it would, it would, uh, at, it would, it would acquire the perfection of its greatest charity. Now I will explain what I mean. I mean, when in life, it's, it, when no, in life, at that point where you reach the highest perfection of charity in life, you no, know, that is your glory. Will, your glory in heaven will correspond to that. Mm. Yes, to the level of to the highest level of charity you were you were able to obtain in this life. Mm. So yes, yes, yes. Our glorified bodies will be resurrected. Sorry, our bodies will be resurrected, and in heaven, it will be a glorified body, incapable of suffering, capable of pain. It reminds me of the resurrection of Christ when the apostles saw him. He is the same Christ. He's the same Jesus, but he looks different. Yes. I mean, he could um, pass through closed doors. Yeah. He could appear and disappear in front of them. So this, it's the same body, but it's different. We also have, of course, our Blessed Mother, our Immaculate Mother, who is now in heaven, body and soul. And I think she's the best example of what ideally should happen to all of us after that. Our Blessed Mother is telling all of us that we should strive to also reach heaven because we should all return to God, our Creator, body and soul. Yes. Any any final words, Father? Um, Devotion to the Holy Souls is, um, is a very, very great devotion, powerful devotion. And uh, as we are entering the month of November, you know, it's a good thing to remember the souls during mm. this month. At least one eternal rest we can say every day for the souls. And if we do this, we are, we are investing in our future. You know, we, will have, we will acquire for ourselves powerful intercessors before God's throne. So let us not neglect to pray for a soul and try our best to release at least one soul from the flames of purgatory. Mm. Well, Father Pio, I didn't know this when I checked your website, the website of the Martin Franciscans. I, I just I realized that you you have a radio station and you also now have a weekly podcast. Am I correct? Yes, uh, Tea with Mary. Yes, Tea uh-huh. with Mary. Yes. Mm. So, is this something new? It's been going on for two or three years now. Okay. I believe. Oh, I didn't yes. know. Two or three years, yes, yes, mm. yes. So it's you might have listened to Father Serafino, Father Filomino, yes, Father. Father Rosario. Yes, they are uh, they they feature regularly on the on this podcast, Tea with Mary. And they talk about they talk about different Marian topics. Mm. Uh, yes. And and its relation to our spiritual life. So, my dear friends, uh, if you want to catch more of the Marian Franciscans, if you want to see Father Serafino, um, Father Pio again, and Father Filomena, 
Um, please um, go to their website. I'm going to post a link when I share this video. Thank you very much, Father Pio. And my dear friends, um, Mary is our mother. And as a mother, she would help anybody who seeks her help. And just imagine how much she would help the person who has consecrated his or her life to her. Um, how much she would offer everything that she could to help somebody, this soul who is consecrated to her. Now, we would like to leave you with this beautiful message from one of the doctors of the church, um, St. Alphonsus Ligori, and this was taken from um, his book, The Glories of Mary. St. Alphonsus said, It appears that Mary offers the same petition when God is angry with the sinner who has recourse to her. And Mary would say, Oh my God, I had two sons, Jesus and man. Man has killed my Jesus on the cross. Your justice would now condemn man. My Lord, my Jesus is dead. Have mercy upon me. And if I have lost one, do not condemn me to lose the other. This is really profound, my dear brothers and sisters, because Mary, who lost her real son, Jesus, is asking God not to let her lose another child who could be any of us. So my dear friends, have recourse to Mary and consecrate your life to her. Let's close with the Hail Mary and let's offer this Hail Mary to the souls in purgatory. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you very much, Father Pio. And thank I you, hope Jim. that we could have you again here at some point in the future. Um, thank you very much, everyone. If you are blessed by this podcast, please subscribe and share this with your family and friends. And never, ever forget that we are all in Mary's Immaculate Heart. God bless. Thank you for listening. If you have been blessed with this episode, please click the subscribe button. Ave Maria.